Hello, listeners. Hello. Hi. <laughs> welcome to uh, my favorite murder podcast. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what is it really, Andrew? It's actually Armchair Apocrypha, the uh, podcast hey. in which armchair experts uh, tell possibly true stories. Um, yes. I'm Andrew. I'm Rachel. And I'm Mary. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who listened to our first episode, Mary uh, was originally going to be my co-host for this, um, and then she started grad school. I decided went to, to. I went to grad school. I coughed out <laughs> like a nerd. Blame. <laughs> so in short, I cannot talk about English, which was my undergrad, mm-hmm. and now communication. I can't talk about communication either, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> and I think basically this podcast is just going to lack. Any communication. Yeah. Just no structure, no, oh my gosh, no strategy. Oh, <laughs> so uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Mary has very specific interests. You want to tell them? <laughs> well, I really like true crime. I really like folklore. I really like ghost stories. Um, and I like other just really random, random shit. <laughs> so I've got a couple... Um, I'm not going to tell you, dear listener, but I've got a couple of uh, my next my next things planned out. For here? Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Good. Yeah. And they are diverse. <laughs> just to, just to set the mood for all of the, um, the listeners out there, uh, we are all through our first class? Or more. Or more. <laughs> um, and we okay. have just finished episode eight of season two of stranger things mm-hmm. and we're all kind of finishing it after we finish this fangirling i've already seen it once <laughs> oh, it's so good yes we literally have 30 minutes left we and have then i'm done 30 minutes left in the last episode so once we finish with this we're gonna finish mm-hmm. stranger things too and by we rachel will finish it for the first time yes andrew and i for the second because yes. andrew and i watched all nine episodes <laughs> The very night it oh came out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I believe it. It was but a Friday. It happened. It wasn't planned. I was driving through Taco Bell and she was like, yes, can you bring like me dinner? <laughs> I don't think I said, can you bring me dinner? I think it was, have you had dinner yet? And, <laughs> if you, were like, and you were like, I'm in the drive through for Taco Bell. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> yes. Um. Alright, so um, for listeners who uh, don't know the rules of the podcast, we can talk about anything that we haven't studied uh, or anything that we haven't worked in. So I can't do English or education. Mary can't do English or communications. communications Or or education. education. (laughs) (laughs) Or coffee or retail or... Okay, (laughs) you can do a little retail. (laughs) And Rachel can't do coffee or communications. Yep. So or I'll be through my meme. Or public administration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will not talk about public administration. <laughs> but you're burning to, I can tell. <laughs> uh, One more glass and I might be. Yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of night. Let's um, talk about leadership theory. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, Andrew, start us off. Our fearless leader. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to talk about, uh, this will probably sound familiar from our first episode, uh, but it's the Haymarket Affair or the Haymarket Riot 
for uh, the Haymarket Martyrs, I whatever right. name you want to so apply to it. Um, um, Mary is making a very odd face yes. because there's a bar called Haymarket in Louisville. Oh, uh, yeah. And Too soon. Also just alcohol. Yeah. Um, trigger warning uh, for sexual assault. The owner of Haymarket in Louisville uh, has been uh. accused by... More than seventeen women, yeah, hmm. um, of sexual assault and predatory behavior. For further context, it's called Haymarket because it is a cross from the original Haymarkets in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Yep. On Market Street. And I. On what street? Market. Market. <laughs> and I hate that that fucker named it that. Um, uh, but uh, to get into my story, I've got. Um, We've got seven people who were uh, activists, and uh, most of them were anarchists. And um... should have a drinking game. <laughs> Intermission's anarchist. I'm taking one more drink. Cheers. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's just anarchist. establish this rule right now. So, Andrew's word is anarchist. What's your word? I don't know. I have to listen. President. I'm... President. President. <laughs> okay, and what's my word? Dead. Don't say that. <laughs> but it's my favorite. What? What's your favorite word? <laughs> You're gonna say it later, and we'll tell them what. what that that's it. Yeah. You just finish your drink when I say it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um. Can one of you grab me another beer? Yeah. I got you. Cool. What is this? The fifties. Do you want like us that. to make you a sandwich too? Not really. <laughs> Yeah, you had two cheeseburgers on our way over. We just ran through McDonald's. We By are... just, he means like an hour ago. Yeah. I could eat again, but <laughs> that's just me. I have no idea where Mary puts it all. Um, <laughs> I'll have Andrew pour me a glass of wine in a minute anyways. <laughs> that's fair. There you go. Uh, so in uh, 1886, uh, there was a um, proclamation by the industrial workers... Uh, Federation of Organized Trades and Labor Unions, that um, they were going to endorse the eight-hour workday, which a lot of us probably take for granted. Praise Jesus Christ. <laughs> From whom all blessings come. But the whole idea was to... Uh, <laughs> I'll be silent on this one. <laughs> just going to ignore that. Says the upper management in the room. <laughs> um, I live for the day I work only eight hours. Um, yeah, uh... Up until 1884, the eight-hour workday was kind of like a pipe dream. Um, there wasn't a maximum hours that you could work. There wasn't an overtime. And they weren't, like, pristine conditions. Exactly. Um, and so the uh, the federation that I just said a few minutes ago... Um... <laughs> you don't want to... Pe- here. Let's, let's say that one more time just to make sure everybody gets it. Uh, making me unlock my phone again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cruel like it that. It was the Federation of Organized Trades and Labor Unions. FOTL? Yes. That one. You? Footloo. Unions. Footloo. Thoughtloo? Very close to Flotus. Federation. <laughs> if you use the O, it's Footloo. Okay. Footloo. It's an Ellen. I'm, I'm sorry, use the of as a second O. So, um... <laughs> On May Day in 1886, uh, uh, there was a mass strike 
there were between um, 30 and 40,000 people on strike in Chicago alone. Um, all in support of the uh, eight-hour workday. Yep. Um, cheers. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Yeah, yeah. One of the factories in Chicago, um, McCormick Factory, uh, was hiring scabs to come in. And you are so weird. <laughs> are we going to cut that part? Because <laughs> they don't know what just happened. I don't think we're going to cut it. Keep going. We're just keep going. Okay. Um, we don't have a Steven. We have the technology, actually. We don't have a Steven. Oh, Steven. We also don't have kitty cats. Who's going to get a cookie? I volunteer as tribute. To get a cookie? We'll get really got to listen to MFM, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll get you a cookie. Yes. Um, I will do too. <laughs> Andrew? <laughs> so, uh... You're the one with pie. I have two. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I knew I'd be terrible at this. You're great at this. Ah. This is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically allowed to stream of conscious out loud. <laughs> Wait, can I say that if I can't talk about literature? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think we you can just gotta drink when elements. you do it. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... So the uh, McCormick factory had been hiring scabs to come in and break up the strike. Do our listeners know what a scab is? A scab is a worker who is not unionized who will come in and work while the other workers are on strike. Oh, those people. Those people. The Irish in North and South. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it. Don't blame it on the Irish. It was a specific literary <laughs> reference. Everybody drink. <laughs> Anytime there's a literary reference, let's just drink. All right, Andrew, you go. Okay, cool. I'm going to cover my mouth with my hands now. <laughs> no. no, don't do that. Um, so there was a rally held on uh, the 4th, May 4th. Um, may the 4th be with you and all that. And with you. Yes. And, um, also with you. Oh, and also with you. <laughs> it was uh, it was really rainy. Like there was a storm rolling in, and so it wasn't a very big uh, rally. Um, but the the anarchists, the industrial workers, everybody who wanted to like um, be there came up and they spoke. They did their speeches, all of that stuff. It was a relatively peaceful day up until the end of the rally when the police came in and swarmed the, uh, the rally attend- attendees. And there's a little bit of um, contention because we don't know who fired first. But never knew. We never know. Um, but between the police and the people who were at the rally, people started shooting each other. Oh, shit. It's possible that the police opened fire first. It's possible that the protesters opened fire first. We don't know for sure. Probably somebody just got scared and, and pulled a trigger. Is why we gun in their hand, which mm-hmm. happens all the time. Um, but while this was going on, uh, somebody threw a bomb at the police. Oh shit! Yes, yeah. that would be my first thought of things to do. Yes. Um, and so <laughs> also, I just keep those in my pockets. 
I'm in your wild. purse. You're a lady. I have a large purse. <laughs> you do. And I keep two things in it. I keep bottles of Chardonnay. And the bombs. <laughs> and bombs. And bombs. Um, you shouldn't keep it like on you. You should keep that in your car, right? That's more safe. Yeah. But I'm not going to be by Just my car if I'm at a rally. Oh, wait. At a rally. <laughs> <laughs> I actually... <laughs> at I a really, drive-thru rally. I really want french fries. <laughs> Just take another sip. I'm drinking, I'm drinking. <laughs> um, so uh, the police and the protesters were shooting at each other. Um, I think the numbers were... Uh, Four policemen, no, it was seven policemen were injured and uh, four protesters were killed. Um, yeah. So um, the next day, the police started looking for the people who had thrown the bomb. Mm-hmm. And they came to the rally organizers and arrested seven of them. And I need to look at my phone again so that I know who they were. Um, George Engel, Samuel Fielden, Adolf Fisher, Louis Ling, Oscar Neeb, Albert Parsons, Michael Schwab, and August Speeds. They just don't make them like they used to. That's what I say. Those are great names. Those are not names. They just don't (laughs) name them like they used to. I want a name like that. Um, Adolf? Yeah. I was thinking August. Adolf Fisher. But it would be pronounced August. August. August Spees. I would legally change my last name. To Spees? To not to Spees. It's written Spies. I would change it to Spies. Yeah. <laughs> with a Y. Mary Spies mm. with a Y. Because you're because Mary with an I. <laughs> Mary with an I. <laughs> spies with, with a Y. <laughs> to do this. <laughs> Please tell me when you go to the courthouse to change your name. Well, I was just thinking how painful it would be because, you know, my credit cards and my oh account my information. It's, it's not, not that painful that. at all. It's just paperwork. Yeah. Oh, it sounds awful. <laughs> it's fine. If I get married, I'm not changing my name because it's just too annoying. Also, never mind. Let's get really sad, but if you get divorced and it's just as hard to get, change it back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, I just preemptive. Yeah. Not get married because I know someone who did that wasn't married that long and then she had to go and get everything changed again. Well, we know what her first mistake was. Not that was. your marriage <laughs> would ever end like that. Are you kidding me? Of course it would. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! I'm gonna finish this glass of wine. <laughs> you do this. Andrew, that. finish about the riots and the bombs. Let's okay. just keep getting darker. Please. So these these seven uh, anarchists were sentenced to death. Oh cool. shit! All um, seven? All seven were sentenced. But to just death. one threw a bomb. None of them threw the bomb, or at least oh, we but like there was one that. bomb. There was one bomb, right? Uh, the judge basically said that they had incited the um, the attendees to. Um, but four of their people died. Yes. And then. Uh, seven policemen died. Oh, no. were injured. Sorry. No, seven policemen died. Oh, okay. Oh. Earlier you said injured. Oh, I okay. thought they were injured. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Seven policemen okay. died. Four uh, workers were killed. Okay. Um, and so they, they, uh, sentence all seven of the anarchists that they had arrested to death. Okay. Eye for an eye. 
Yep. Yeah. And the judge basically said that it didn't matter who threw the bomb because they had organized they the rally, and it. so they were responsible for it. Um, the only uh, three of the men were able to um, get pardons. Okay. Um, they basically just wrote to the Illinois governor, who was uh, Richard Oglesby, and they said, uh, "We are." <laughs> that could be your last, new last name. No. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No. <laughs> Someone explain the look on my face right now. She's very distraught. Forlorn. <laughs> forlorn. <laughs> Sheepish. Yes. Um, they just wrote to the Illinois governor and uh, said they were very sorry for what had happened. And that was never their intention. It was never their intention, all that good stuff. And he commuted them to life in imprisonment. And then... Um, Schwab, Schwab, Nieb, and um, Fielden were uh, pardoned by the governor and allowed okay. to get out of jail. Oh, so and, nobody ended up dying. And the no, the Those four were three executed. Got out. Four others were. There are four others. Um, the ones who pardons. Okay, so <clears throat> spies with an eye is still Spies. on the shopping block. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, Spies, Fisher, Engel, um, and Ling. And Parsons are still on the chopping block. Proverbially speaking. Yes. Um, so Ling actually took his own life because he said that the state didn't have the authority to take his life. Okay. Um, he smuggled a blasting cap into a oh, cell. shit! Hidden in a cigar. And then used it to... Blow up his head? Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Props for... Originality. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, arguably, besides the anticipation, losing your head is the best way to go. Really? Yeah, because it's over. Yeah. Guillotine. <laughs> going in your sleep. I was going to say assassination in <clears throat> bed. Or blasting cap. Those are the only acceptable ways to die. Okay, how did the other ones die? Uh, Parsons, Spees, Fisher, and Angle were all... Um, executed by hanging. That's horrifying. It was on uh, November 11th in 1887. Not too long ago. Yeah. Just past the anniversary, not too long ago. The anniversary was just a couple weeks ago. This podcast will come out next month. In a few so weeks. <laughs> yeah. It'll be way, by, uh, way past That's by then. That's fine. Um, I do want to uh, end on a high note. And I want to talk about... How does this end on a high note? <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was unladylike of me. <laughs> Parsons um, uh, was married to Lucy Parsons. And oh, Lucy! Lucy Parsons, yeah. Of you know Lucy her Parsons too? Lab. No. <laughs> of who? Lucy Parsons Labs in Chicago. What's oh, that? Parsons Labs. Yeah. That I actually that I didn't that sounded more facetious. Than is I that meant a scientific too. lab? No. What lab is it? Uh, it's a political lab. They study oh. police violence. They study uh, oh. laboratory politics. Like the Southern Poverty Law Center type thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. 100 years later, still fighting the good fight. Yep. 120 years. Yeah, and Lucy Parsons was a badass. Um, Her and her husband uh, were a power couple, and then after he died, she 
she kind of went on to just do her own thing. Yes. Um, she was described by the Chicago Police Department as more dangerous than a thousand rioters. Yes! So she's a badass. Um, if you do not do something on her soon, I will. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need a dedicated... Uh, what's her name? I'm going to Google it. Oh, Lucy, you will? Parsons. Lucy Parsons. Lucy Parsons? Yeah. If you don't do that in the next two times, I'm doing it. <laughs> a challenge has been... Uh... Yeah. The gauntlet has been thrown. If you the don't do it this upcoming Sunday or next Sunday, I'm doing it. Okay. Um, she uh, was one of the founders of the Industrial Workers of the World. Um, which is still around, and I would... I was like, I've heard of the IWW. Yeah, the Wobblies. Yeah, the what? Wobblies. Okay, so you say Wobbly, and I automatically think of, like, four cat Instagram accounts that I follow of cats who have these brain issues where they can't walk straight. And they're adorable. Are they anarchists? No. I think all cats are anarchists. Yes. They are not... They oh. cats are either <laughs> cats are either fascists or anarchists. There is no in between. I could see libertarian cats. No, they are no. That's yeah. valid. That's ugh. no. There they're are no anarchists. Communist. They are literally no. I there don't. are no communist cats. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about cats right now. Is all I'm gonna say. I'm done with this. <laughs> Andrew, so determined that there are libertarian, libertarian, fascist, and anarchist cats. No, there are no communist evil. cats. Okay. No. Whatever. Those are the four corners of the We podcast. will agree to disagree. I am not looking at Rachel for the rest <laughs> of this podcast. Rachel doesn't like cats. Um, I have two. <laughs> I currently have one. Um, she helped uh, found the Industrial Workers of the World. Yes. Lucy um, Parsons. Yes. She was associated with the American Federation of Labor, the Socialist Party, um, Jade Ad- Jane Addams' Whole House. Um Go whole house. It's just awesome. That's all. And she was a journalist, a feminist, and a badass. Love it. Love it. So. I think anytime you put feminist, it just automatically needs to be followed up by badass. (laughs) (laughs) They go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Or, sorry, Andrew. I cannot believe it. Who am I? Or Um, Andrew. (laughs) We're going to cut that. That was really good, Andrew. Thank you. I really enjoyed that, actually, a lot. <laughs> Steven, take that out. <laughs> Steven! Great job, Tyler. <laughs> Rachel, what's your story for this week? Okay. Make sure you get to the microphone. So, <clears throat> I don't know why this came up on me. This is one of, like, the most fascinating things I've... I'm really intrigued by it, and the I think the reason I'm so intrigued by it is we still don't know everything about it. Um... Or the reasons behind it. So, the dark today side of I'm going to talk. Oh, close! Talk about Stonehenge. Yes. <gasps> yes! <laughs> wow! I'm just like completely fascinated strong. by Stonehenge. I think it's like it's really really neat. When I went, when my mom and I went to London, we did go on this like little tour, and the bus drove us by Stonehenge, but it was like so far away. Smile and wave. And there were trees. Like I couldn't see it, and I was like, "Fucking trees!" I really wish like we could have gone to like walk as close as we could to it <laughs> so as you guys know it is obviously i don't know it is a prehistoric monument it is in wiltshire england which is just southwest of london not mm-hmm. too far Ooh. um i did get some of my information from the spirits podcast which i yes. love and actually this episode that talked about it yeah. was done by lauren shippen nice the person who does the um uh, Bright Sessions yeah, podcast. Yeah. So it's like Inception of a podcast, but it was really <laughs> neat. 
Um, ah. So, as you guys know, Stonehenge is, like, made of, like, massive stones. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> if that's an understatement. Almost like that's the name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're literally, like, I can't even explain what it looks like. <laughs> Can you explain it, Mary? I can't speak. <laughs> so it's this like henge <laughs> made of stones, <laughs> but really fucking big stones. It's huge. <laughs> oh god, what is it? Big huge. <laughs> okay, so there are over a hundred and sixty stones. What? And they weigh either between four to thirty-seven tons. Damn. All I'm saying is an elephant weighs two tons. Damn. And these stones, they weren't, like, I don't know if you guys know, but they are not from the area. They're from over 200 miles away. Yeah. In like Wales. From Wales. Thank you. Are you, do you want to do my podcast? No, I'm just joking. Shout out to the Welsh. Um, so they literally had to carry these <laughs> stones from Wales. And FYI, this was constructed before the wheel was invented. Mm-hmm. Um, so how the fuck did they get that there? Trees. People say that, and they've there are theories on how they got them there, but we'll probably never know for sure. Very similar theories to how the pyramids, the stones, like for the long pyramids. rolling stuff. Yeah, but it's two hundred miles of it's, these stones. It's, it's a, a long way. Yes. Yeah. And how do they get the stones like up top, like Pulleys? the two that are sit down, and then the ones that lay across the lintels. The lintels. How did they get those up top? They still have. Very few speculations on that. Okay. Unless you do. I would say pulleys, but that's just... They were talking about how they would have, like, literally <clears throat> a well, shit ton of people. I think the answer's obvious. Sleep aliens? Like... Aliens. Okay. <laughs> that is a theory. A theory is aliens did it. Let's be honest. It's kind of legitimate when there's no information. Okay, so here's Don't a little... Don't argue with me. History on the theories that developed a Stonehenge. Oh. I did not do the alien one, but there is a theory that aliens did it. I guess that's what happened. Um, in the Middle Ages... <laughs> Don't marry me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in the Middle Ages, they thought it was made by magic. Um, like, literally magic. So I mean, they thought it was built by the direction of Merlin... And there's theory that King Arthur's buried there and all that kind of stuff. It was clearly the fake folk. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, then in the 17th century, an archaeologist came along and discovered the primitive gate or graves called Barrows. <laughs> oh, Barrows. <laughs> yeah, at Stonehenge, which led to believe that the that Stonehenge was built by the Druids. And then this theory lasted around for th- about 300 years, actually, until yeah. the 1950s. Recently. And the Druids are like um, neo-pagans predating Christianity, all that stuff. Yeah. Still around. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, they are. And they still actually go to Stonehenge for solstices, which I'll get to later. And it's like a religious temple for them and all that stuff. But in the 1950s, um, the development of radiocarbon dating came along. And that led us to finally discover how old Stonehenge actually is. Because before the 1950s, they thought it was way younger than it actually was. So, um, it actually predates the Druids by like 4,000 years. <laughs> just <laughs> 4,000 years. Just a drop. Yes. So, they were way off. 
Just a little bit. Way off. Just a little bit. Um, the great they with a capital T. Yes. <laughs> was way off. So how old is it actually? I'll get to that. Okay. The human remains found at Stonehenge date back to 4200 BC. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How were there even human remains left 6,000 years later? Oh, you can find them. They're there. If they're preserved, you can. They won't be like disintegrated. Okay. They weren't just like. No, they dropped. were just like dropped in. As far it. as I know, they didn't say. Um, and these were like several sites. I swear that say that like, it's between like the oldest part of Stonehenge was from three thousand to four thousand BC. Did these sites have black background and white text? Because those aren't the sites that we use. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were not. So basically. <laughs> The oldest bodies there date back to the Neolithic period, which i.e. Is... the Stone Age man. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um. So so far, they've excavated over like half a million bones from and nearby the Stonehenge area. Half a million nearby. I don't know what their radius entailed, but that's human and animal bones. Okay. okay. Um. That's not. Yeah. Just humans. But here's the thing: we're still not a hundred percent sure. Why they why Stonehenge exists? There's a lot of theories. Some believe it's religious, mm-hmm. like like with the druids and things like that, where they buried the dead. Um, there are some that say like the well off were buried there, but then they also think it was a place to heal the sick because a lot of the bones that they or uh, bodies that they found there had they discovered had diseases. Oh. So they think that maybe that, that was the place that they came to get healed. Yeah. Um, they had blue stones there. That's like the stones that were there. And they think that that had something to do with like some type of healing process or whatnot. The blue stone refers to the, just the type of rock used. Yeah. Literally from another place is yeah. what okay. it means. Okay. Um, but I think it like held some kind of meaning or they think it held some kind of meaning. Because there was, like, there's an older inner ring and then a younger outer ring. I'm yes. going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't it line up with the moon? I always thought it was lunar. I'm going to get to that. Awesome. <laughs> I'm getting there, I swear. Rachel's Sorry. got this. <laughs> um, but the thing is, maybe, like, it's all of that. Maybe it's none of that. Um, what's really interesting is some archaeologists have noticed that the dead buried there are all facing um, the north, which believes that it's a hmm. mystical relationship with tribes that had a significance to the moon, because they think the moon sign- signified death. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, because in so many cultures, um, the bodies face the east, where the sun rises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one relied more on, like, with the moon. Huh. Yeah. And, um... We really have no, like... Yeah. And then... Another theory, but this is only one place I saw this, that said that each entrance, north, south, east, west... They found bodies of children and women, and that could have been, like, sacrificial things. But the they could have also been the sick, because they didn't, like, correlate the two, so I'm not really sure about that. Um, but, as I was saying earlier, the one thing that makes it so remarkable for me is because people go there for the solstice, because literally it lines up for the solstice, and, like, and then... I think such an oppressive way, especially for that time period. Yeah. But like four thousand fucking years ago, <clears throat> so when the sun rises in summer and sets in winter, there's a stone that sets perfectly, um, a shadow in the center of Stonehenge, um, and you know that that's not an accident. Like right. that there's it was no done way. on purpose. Right. Like that's not, yeah, a fluke. Um, and it's also like the whole 
the circle or semicircle is an astrological calendar that lines up with the stars. Um, and in the 4,000, 5,000 years, it's the astrological signs haven't changed too much, but they have not, oh, okay. they did not, yeah. That was my next question. Um, in the time period it's been since then, um, the stars will not have changed significantly, if at all, by then. Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, do, 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 where? Do, do, do. Um, so, as Mary was saying, um, it took centuries, centuries to see what we see today at Stonehenge. The inner circle of the stones was the, like, the first set, and it's the smaller stones. They're the ones that are about, like, four tons. And now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only four tons. And they're the, and it was believed that that's what the Stone Age man did. And they say that it seems like they left it unfinished, which I don't, they don't tell too much about it, but if you know more, it could be, sometimes I feel like, Maybe that's right, because religions and, like, political things changed a lot back then from what you can, like, say was religious and political mm-hmm. in the Neolithic age, as much as you can remember or know about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember in the Neolithic age? <laughs> back, back in when, my day. <laughs> when I was a young warthog. <laughs> <laughs> um, from what we know of the Neolithic age, like, we only know so little which I wish we knew more, but um, they say that we, or they abandoned it before they finished it. Go ahead, please. (laughs) I have a question. Is, could, um, I don't know if this is a theory, but wouldn't it make sense that perhaps the stones were um, taken somewhere else and used for another purpose and maybe it was actually dismantled as opposed to... Yeah, there are other, like, stone hinges... Like, throughout the British Isles, which is, like, one of my fun facts later. Like, this isn't the only one. This is just the most well-known and the most massive one that's still standing today. Right. There are, like, literally hundreds of other ones Mm -hmm. throughout the area, which is so cool. So, you know, like, they fucking knew what they were doing so fast. Uh, So, it just blows my mind. These were my ancestors, by the way. They're all their ancestors. Well, to a certain degree. My grandma, my mom had my grandmother's DNA tested. Yeah. 99% British Isles. Shit. Which is literally unheard of. Nice. So, like. So, your ancestors about the stone spilt Stonehenge? Yes, they did. (laughs) As a matter of fact. Okay. So, the massive Sarsen stones, the ones that we're most familiar with is part of the outer circle and that was done like 500 years later so you know that this area is still significant to these tribes to these whatever you i'm they call them tribes in like most of the sites i looked at of these people so you knew that this area was significant to them still like centuries later um so from the podcast from what i learned is that under stonehenge is supposedly a bigger Stonehenge. There are more things underneath, like, and it's from even longer ago, like 5,000, 6,000 BC. Wow. I'm hearing an angel chorus in my head, personally. (laughs) But the thing is, is, like, they're using the technology that we have today to discover what we can. But you can't dig it up because it's, like, history and all that stuff. You can't dig up freaking Stonehenge. Yeah, you can't do that. 
So, but that's what they can kind of, like, get from it and whatnot. Um, so here's, that's all the things we know about Stonehenge. I'm going to give you a few extra things okay. that I've learned. Um, so there's been one question that's been lingering around, around for a while about Stonehenge. Like, was it ever a complete circle? Because there's one part oh, that's I'm missing. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> oh, good. I can't tell if you're being real or not, but I'm going to answer that for you. <laughs> Archaeologists have discovered, by the way that the grass grew differently, that there was a missing megalith, proving that Stonehenge had once been a complete circle. What? <laughs> Which makes sense. It's I like, just want to yeah. know where the stones went. Well, Maybe they, they probably, moved it to another place. They probably dismantled it to make a smaller Stonehenge. Maybe they made a smaller Stonehenge, or maybe it was around a lot longer, and somebody built a castle with it, like a foundation. A castle. They could be in a castle foundation. It could somewhere. be, and especially we'll never know. yeah. Maybe. Or they could use geologists could maybe figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, somebody's just gonna be wandering around a freaking dungeon in a castle and be like, you know, chipping that, away. That looks like a sarsen stone. <laughs> I'm gonna take some a piece of this. Okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get a geology degree, and I'm going to start knocking no. on castle doors. You're going to get in there. And I'm going to be like, I need to check your basement. I'm... It's for the sake of... <laughs> it's for the sake of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> History as we know it. <laughs> World um, shifts yeah. here. So there is a theory, this is also from the podcast, I thought it was so fascinating, I couldn't leave it out, is that Stonehenge is a musical instrument. What? Yes, I remember yes. them talking about that. Um, there, You can create pockets of silence in Stonehenge. Um, where did I go? Maybe it was so basically, if you like talk in two places at once, uh-huh. in Stonehenge, like around the stones, the big stones, it creates a pocket of silence in other areas. Oh. So wait, so could you could you be having a conversation in one area and then like ten feet of pe- ten feet away people could be having a conversation but you couldn't hear them? I think the way it sounds from what I understand with acoustics is it's like if you talk in like one side to another side, it doesn't have to be like exactly like on the other side, but in the middle you wouldn't be able to hear it. Are, they said pockets of silence. I don't there know. There are little fireworks explosions going off in my brain. It was also during when they were talking about this when they said with the like earliest cave paintings is in that area of the cave had the best acoustics as well. So it's not like so that's kind of interesting too, I think. But that's a theory and we can't get that close to Stonehenge to thank you. Um, or at least maybe scientists can, but <laughs> most people, the most people of, can't. The three of the, us yeah. cannot. <laughs> Not yet. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> this is for a podcast. Um, another really interesting thing they talked about. Information Act. Was, um, exactly, yes. there are iron deposits in some of the stones. So when it rains, it turns red and it looks like blood. <laughs> and so if people are talking about like sacrifices and things like that. I do have some. More. Okay. If you more want wine. Some. We're talking about wine. There's more. There's more wine. There is more wine. Um, and like it, we were kind of talking about before, there are hundreds of other structures similar to Stonehenge that exist in the British Isles marking astrological events, which I'll get to later about my theory about why they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And apparently, according to History.com, overall construction of Stonehenge required more than 30 million man hours, which is four times more than it took to build the Empire State Building. Damn. 30 million man hours. Thank you, History.com. You've been relying on, on you a lot. I have been relying on you a lot. And here's the last thing before I ask a question is um, a lot of people believe that these stones have not been untouched since 4000 BC, which is not true at all. Nearly every stone has been re-erected, straightened, or embedded in concrete between 1901 and 1964 when restoration started happening for the area. Because so this well is well-intentioned like people, a replica of what it would look like back then. Yes, <laughs> sorry, I weep. She weeps. I know, I know. I get no, I get why they did it. I mean, it was well-intentioned. Yes, just stupid. Um, but the thing is, is so like this is an idea of what it would look like. But they didn't like put a place in the missing stone. But part of me thinks they didn't know it was missing until later. To be honest. My theory is, or no, my question is, why do you think Stonehenge, St- Stonehenge exists? God, that wine's really getting to us. <laughs> <laughs> so most of what I know about Stonehenge I learned from PBS. Ooh. Um, Thank you, PBS. Yes, a thousand times. So um, there's actually, I don't remember which direction it is, but there's... Um, they have recently, and by recently I mean probably the last five to ten years now, discovered a smaller henge. Yeah, actually by a stream, and there are and there is a road leading from it to Stonehenge, and they have determined either where there were stones marking the road, or um, there are still stones. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got to be ceremonial. Um, I, I really honestly believe it had something to do with, um, astronomy and astronomy was very big with like religion back then. Yeah. If not their entire religion. I mean, yeah. What else, what else would they, what else on? did you have? You yeah. Know? Um, I mean the skies, what brought you sun, what brought you rain, what brought you like torrential horrible winds or something? I don't know. Tornadoes. Like rain. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it, I, it has, I think it has to be for ceremonial purposes. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, we can get into, who knows? We just don't know, sadly, um, about our ancestors, but it is in my DNA Do you somewhere. think we would, we'll discover it eventually or not? Um, I don't think they had, they hadn't, they have had no, like, major insight writings like leave behind or anything like that i mean i think it'll always be speculation until we can time travel and until then (laughs) then everything will just be screwed up so then we'll find the awful truth of our past the awful truth (laughs) then i can go back and uh curb song hitler oh my gosh (laughs) no 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 no. i just had an idea but everyone else would have already done that (laughs) andrew no they're going back to assassinate him i just want to curb stomp him Oh, curb stomping. (laughs) Coming back to Stonehenge. Um, Okay, here's what I think the ceremonial purpose of it was. Okay. Um, Women's role in religion, in the oldest religions that we know of, and by religions I really just mean um, more traditions. Yeah. um, You know, if we look at, like, Aboriginal culture. um, Woman of Windle Wharf. 
Huh? Women of Wendell Wharf. Women of Wendell Wharf. You know what I'm talking about. No. No. Oh. It's like one of the oldest clay um, oh. things, oh, and it's the yeah. pregnant woman. Yeah, yeah. So, well, in Aboriginal culture, when boys were becoming men, quote-unquote, they would actually cut themselves to bleed to mimic the women, the woman's menstrual cycle because women are considered closer to God because, well, to whatever, to the divine, to yeah. the universe, because we are literally a portal for new birth. Mm-hmm. And so what if it was a ceremonial birthing place? Um, I don't know about that, but I will tell you one of the things I did read said that they found eight men and 14 women buried there, and they thought that that meant that women had um, as equal or more of a higher standing than men at the time. Mm -hmm. Or at least, like, you know, they were also, because they thought that in one um, theory is, like, you had to be important to be buried there, and even if you're, like, sick and buried there, you're still important. And so they had this theory that, like, women were in as high regard, if not, I think say as in high regard as the men there. Well, it's a very contemporary Western notion uh, that yeah, men yeah. have are superior. <laughs> yeah. Let's just look at most other quote-unquote primitive cultures well, that are matriarchal societies yeah. that... Mm-hmm. Historically, it's only, like, the dominant culture for about 500, 600 years. What is? The male Patriarchy? Mm-hmm. The patriarchy for is now. only about 500, <laughs> 600 years old. Well, I'm just saying that when you get two drunk women in a bathroom, <laughs> we can literally solve world like, problems. Peace. So, yes. Anyways. Now, oh, wait, yeah, wait, hold wait, on. Wait, I want to hear your theory about Stonehenge. My theory about Stonehenge? Yeah. Uh, I think that it was a spiritual place used for rituals. I think that the uh, because it can be used as a calendar, and as specifically a lunar calendar, um, and I didn't even know the thing about the sound pockets. Um, it was probably a place where people gathered, sang, spread their traditions, used oh, it as yeah. a place of healing, um, just like a spiritual site for people. Celebrating the harvest. Yeah. 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 Now tell us about your story, Mary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring it down a it's, lot. No! Cool. Talking about rituals and all this good <laughs> stuff and stones. I love rocks. And now rocks. we're going to talk about murder. And now we're going to talk about murder. What? So, murder. <laughs> so, um. Murder. <laughs> Yes, get your jokes out now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't joking when I said my favorite word. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so this has actually been covered on MFM. Um, there was a 48 Hours about it. There's a book about it. Um, I'll tell. I'll let you guess the name of the book at the end of this, because otherwise it'll give a good part of this away. So this okay. is um, a local. Um, I remember this. I just. I remember a lot about this. So. I'm going to talk to you about Mel Ignato. That's two names, by the way. Yes, I've... Mel oh. Ignato. M-E-L mm-hmm. space I-G-N-A-T-O-W. Every okay. time she says it, it sounds like Madonna to me. <laughs> Madonna. Like, why does this guy only have one name? Definitely not. <laughs> um, and the murder of Brenda Sue Schaefer. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1988, Brenda Sue Schaefer broke up with Mel Ignato after, um, I think, about two years um she had told friends and family that he was abusive 
Um, she disappeared on September 24th, 1988. 1988? Ni- 1988. Okay. Um, police immediately suspect Melignato. There is no evidence. Um, the LMPD, the Louisville Metro Police Department, um, I guess back then it would have just been Louisville PD. Yeah. Um, they even brought in someone, Roy Hazelwood, from the FBI Behavioral Sciences Unit, who identified Malignato as a classic narcissist. <laughs> um, he was quoted as saying, you don't break up with someone like Mel Ignato. Oh, Mel Ignato breaks up with you, but you don't break up with Mel. And I think he made up his mind to kill her. And so he decided to make it as enjoyable as possible to him in the way he killed her. Um, so using this narcissism, Scott Cox, who was the prosecuting attorney, um, wanted to turn this against him. He asked Mel Ignato to voluntarily testify before a grand jury. And Mel Ignato did. Uh, he admitted to nothing. Um of of course. Yeah, why would he? No, right? Um, spoiler alert, he did it. Um, what? <laughs> I know. But so during this grand jury testimony, he mentioned an ex-girlfriend, Mary Ann Shore. So, Mary with a Y or an I? That's with a Y. Oh, why do ew. these people have three names? Because they're from the South. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> resentful look on my face. Um, I'm the resident. As am I. I remember. I can say that. <laughs> okay, I went by Mary Lynn Thompson for the longest time, though. Really? Yes. Why? Literally, when I met Michelle last night at Trivia, she, not she was like, Marilyn. she was like, so you just go by yeah. Mary now? No! Yeah. Yes! I totally did not hear that. Yeah. She I'm kept so referring sorry. to her as Mary Lynn. I yeah, like, I would have been like, who are you talking about? There is there's Mary, and then there's Mary Lynn. There's before... That's what you were calling high school? I had no idea. Family still calls me Mary Lynn and uh, high school and younger. I If someone asked me about Mary Lynn, they'd be like, who are you talking about? <laughs> it's me. So, I'm um, so sorry. Yeah, maybe. Why are you sorry? I'm like, no, oh, I because you everybody... offended me. Yeah, I feel like I'm I offended, offended. <laughs> I forgot, but I am. <laughs> so, okay. Um, back to this terrible story. So, Mary Ann. Um, the police broke Mary Ann eventually. And she said what happened. She said, Brenda Sue came to Mel Ignato's place uh, to return some jewelry. She was then kidnapped, taken to Mary Ann's house. Mary Ann and Mel had spent months planning this murder. Why the hell an ex-girlfriend would help an ex-boyfriend murder a current girlfriend? I have no idea. Yeah. What the hell? It just speaks to his narcissism and incredible powers of manipulation. Like, was he suave? Like, yes. Well, he was really good at, I mean, he was a narcissist, so he would say anything about himself to me. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was probably um, psychopathic as well. Oh, okay. Mm, Sociopathic? I Um, still get those two confused. Okay. So, we'll go um, into that later. Yeah. Our show experts here. Right, right. Yeah, I don't have to know. Okay. So, um, Brenda Sue returned the jewelry, was kidnapped, and taken to Marianne's house, which Marianne and Mel had um, confirmed was screen-proof. She was beaten, tortured, sodomized, raped, killed, all the good things. Um, They tied her to a class coffee table 
at one point. Oh my god. Um, Mary Ann took pictures. What? Yes, Mary Ann <laughs> took pictures of this whole thing. Are you serious? That's what you do, right? I shit you not. You take pictures? She took pictures of the whole thing. Um, well, she took pictures of him raping. Oh my god. Um, he took pictures as well of Brenda Sue in suggestive positions. What the f- um, I got that trigger You can't there. see this, can you? Like on the internet? I have not looked. Okay, I'm not going to look either. Um, and then ultimately they buried Brenda Sue in Marianne's backyard. So Marianne's a dumb fuck. Marianne, <laughs> not to, yes. What the hell, what the hell. That's so all. So did she say why she... No. That's one thing when you're reading about this. They, it, it, uh, the, the several news articles, the Wikipedia, Murderpedia, different pages that I've read about this to refresh my memory, nothing talks about why she agreed to do this. I want to stop you for a second. There's a Murderpedia? Yes! <laughs> you didn't know that? No. Why would I know that? There's a Pedia everything. Because, it, because it's amazing. <laughs> Anyways. So, Okay. So I've already mentioned. So you haven't seen my murders on there. Okay, good. No. Um, so that's a joke for legal reasons. Could never. That's why I just completely glossed over it. Um, so as I already said, there was no physical evidence to tie Malignato to this. By the time Marianne um, led them to Brenda Sue's body, there was no DNA. It was too, they couldn't like trace anything. Everything was too decomposed. Can I ask a question? Yes. How long ago was it? The murder or when they yeah. found the body? Um, like from the murder to when they found the body. Um, the murder was in 1988. Malignato was brought to trial for it in 1991. So, like, 30 years. I want to say it was, like, eight or nine months I read somewhere, oh. but I'm not positive. They couldn't find anything? I mean, it was also the, it was also 90, 89 or 90. Yeah, yeah, you're so, right. Um, Ancient times. So, what they did was they convinced Marianne to wear a wire and have a conversation with Mel Ignato. He was recorded saying, It's not shallow, that place we dug. It's not shallow, so don't let it get you rattled. Besides, that one area by, right by where the site... Uh, doesn't have any trees by it. So based upon this, they charged Melignato with Brenda Sue's murder and disappearance. Well, murder. Um, there were three issues with the case. What was the first one? The first is that um, this recording that I butchered was not clear for them either. And they really couldn't conclusively say that he said where that site, it does not. The word sight. What? So the defense argued that they were talking about a safe, that what he was saying was safe. Are you serious? They convinced the jury that they were having a conversation about a safe they had buried. I often talk about trees near safes, so I uh, empathize. Don't you I have a safe the in your time. tree? Yes. So where mine is. So where my many safes are. Um, the second issue is that Marianne was an... Uh, Considered an unreliable witness, she wore a mini skirt and giggled. Get the her fuck testimony. out of here! Get out! There's the door. She wore a mini skirt. <laughs> she wore a mini skirt and she Get giggled. Out. She giggled during the testimony. Her testimony. Who's so, the judge? Ultim- I do not know the name of the judge. A dude. Um, I know. <laughs> hey, this ain't no judge like your your Haymarket judge. Okay. Yeah. So an um, eye for an eye. <laughs> so the defense claimed Marianne did it on her own jealousy oh my 
gosh. And we returned to no physical evidence. And so, Melignato was acquitted. And Marianne? I'm going to go take a piss. You know, I actually don't know what happened to Marianne. I'm pretty sure she was charged as an accessory. Um, so, the judge, to return to him, he was so horrified, he wrote a letter of apology to the Schaefer family. Well, this judge... I applaud. Exactly, right? He was so horrified. Because he couldn't like, do anything. What the out of his hands. Exactly, exactly. He's like, I literally, there's no, he had no power, you know. He actually had no power in this. So, this he, here's the really sad thing. He had to write it to the Schaefer family, to her brothers, because her parents had died before the trial started. After she disappeared before the trial started. Both of them? Yes. And the, the family said it was because of her disappearance. I can believe that is true. Yeah. So I'm going to use my word that I get to say once, according to Andrew. <laughs> Melignato is a fucked guard. <laughs> Finish your drink. <laughs> Damn it. And Mary did. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, more wine, please. I'm pouring it myself. So, uh, I tried. I offered. Yeah, well, you can't mix what was left of the other bottle of wine with the new bottle of wine. You just did it to Rachel. No, she... Oh, my God, damn. I have one sip left in there. You're fine. I'm a terrible person. You should go to jail. Oh, horrible. Okay. All right. Let's talk about this. So, we've got um, a man acquitted that everybody knows did it. Mm-hmm. And there's no proof. Right. Five months... Is there proof... Five months later, after he's acquitted, after he's been acquitted, can he be retried after you're acquitted? He had to sell his house to pay for the fees. Um, there was, was a carpenter. There was somebody working in the house, pulled up the carpet, found a vent, and inside the vent was taped three undeveloped rows of film and the jewelry that she had returned. What's she? Brenda Sue. The jewelry Brenda Sue had returned the night she disappeared. And three undeveloped rows of film. And guess what was on the film when it was developed? Not her in positions. Yes. The pictures that Marianne had taken. Yes. And Mel's body, not Mel's face. However, there were marks on the body, birthmarks and scars, that conclusively identified it as him. So, that's gotta be... Well... Well, in a great world, we... I'm getting the fuck out of here. (laughs) No, sit back down. Have you heard of a little thing called Double Jeopardy? So, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> he wasn't tried, he wasn't, like, found guilty. So he can't be found guilty twice, but if he's You can't acquitted, be tried twice for the same crime. But if they find new evidence. No, if it's a mistrial, they can retry. If it is an acquittal, they, found fucking they cannot pictures, retry. And they couldn't. They could not retry him for the same crime because he had been found not is guilty. Is there some kind of fucking lawyer loophole they could? There is. So what they did was they got him for perjury from his grand jury testimony where he lied under oath. And? He served five out of eight years. I'm going away. (laughs) (sighs) Sit back down. It's just getting juicy. Hold on. The toilet. (laughs) Okay. So, um, he served five out of eight years. Why? Did Uh, he have good behavior? Was he an upstanding prisoner? Because the justice system fails us on a daily basis. So, um, I do also want to note that, uh, when he was on per trial for perjury the first time, 
um, he confessed in detail and he actually turned to her brothers and said, but she died peacefully because he had used chloroform. I'm returning your after present right torturing. now. <laughs> after torturing <laughs> and raping and sodomizing and all the good things. No, nope, it's going. It's going bad. Um, really so, glad that I got that trigger warning and like very near the start of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So everybody hates him. He's probably the most reviled man in Louisville. The original trial didn't even take place in Jefferson County. It was moved to Kendall County. So because everybody knew. Big. Everybody was like, fuck you, you did it. Yeah. So, because he, he did. Right. So, so um, he was the Martin Shkreli of. <laughs> yes. So, when this um, had all show started. My dad those transcripts of the jurors and he laughed his <laughs> ass off. <laughs> so, um, when this had all started, Brenda Sue was beloved. So, her um, boss, I don't remember where she worked, but her boss had actually threatened Mel Ignato. And Mel Ignato had testified against him. Ugh. They were able to get him on a second perjury charge for lying on the stand in that trial. <laughs> Fucker. So, um, he was sentenced to another nine years. I'm not actually sure how much of that he served, but he was 68 when he got out of prison. Ew. In 2006. Oh. So, the murder happened in, or, the murder happened in 88. Mm-hmm. He was originally tried in 91. 91 acquitted. He was acquitted, was free for several, free for probably a year, served five of eight years, um, and then was sentenced again to another nine years, but he got out in 2006 at the age of 68. He moved back to Louisville. Ew. He moved to his son's home. The home he, had a, he had procreated. He had a son. He lived four miles from where he had murdered Brenda Sue. Where did, where was she murdered? I don't know what part of town. Okay. Um, I don't know where Marianne lived. Okay. Um. It might be best if I don't know. Right? So two years later, I'm sure you could find it out. I if know. you really wanted to know. Like, nope. I um, know. It was just it was down the street. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was It was actually yeah. in this apartment. It was just, yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so cheap. <laughs> yep. I knew there was a reason. <laughs> yep. That dark stain in the corner on the hardwood. <laughs> I just don't ask questions. Nope. Keep not asking. So, um, he was found dead in the home two years later at the age of 70. Hallelujah. He had cut himself, tried oh. to drag himself to the kitchen to call 911 or stop the bleeding or something. Oh, he accidentally cut himself? And he bled out. Oh, shit. So, um, the reason this is, quote unquote, my favorite murder is because, um... I remember my mom reacting during this. I mean, this happened. He, she was murdered. Brenda Sue was murdered before I was born. Yeah. Um, the trial happened when I was a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, the first trial. But I remember my mom talking about him as it came up throughout the years. I remember mm-hmm. her anger about it as it came up throughout the years. And I remember in 2008 when he died. And basically the city breathed a sigh of relief. I believe it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this is the clincher, and this is the other reason I fucking love this story. <laughs> Remember when I said that Brenda Sue had been tied to a glass coffee table? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mel Ignato apparently fell off a ladder into a glass coffee table, <laughs> was cut, 
and bled to death. That's how he killed himself? Yes. He fell into a glass coffee coffee table table and died. And and cut himself and died. And that's the name of the book, right? The book is... The Glass Coffee Table. No. Keep Um, guessing. What are other Breaking the ceiling. Breaking the glass table. What? (laughs) Not a feminist book. (laughs) I mean, not anti-feminist, but not a feminist book. (laughs) Um, Double Jeopardy. Oh. 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 Mm -hmm. The book is called Double Jeopardy. Not to be confused with, with the, the movie. movie. And Where she John Grisham. Her <laughs> John Grisham novel. Um, and it was written by a local um, journalist. His last name is Hill. H-I-L-L. Okay. Cool. Who was so horrified by the, as everyone was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is the story of the fucktard Melonado. <laughs> <laughs> and drink. You got your one. I got two. Yep. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you. All the cheers. He's dead. God. And it didn't cost the state a penny. Yay. Well, we did have to jail. Except for for the jurors. Yeah. 16 years. Well, jailing someone for life actually typically costs less than killing someone because of the appeals processes that aren't involved. Blah, blah, blah. That's true. Unfortunately. But he's dead. He is dead. Poetically. And we can all drink to that. I'll drink to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm seriously going to have to do one of my episodes. will have to be on Rihanna because she's my jam. Please do one on Rihanna. I will so do one I on love Rihanna. Her. I'm okay with that. She's the best. You won't You're do it on Parsons in two weeks. I will not use the word <laughs> fucked hard when talking about Rihanna. Stop. I think that's when it is required, but no. not about her. But about instances. What? About the... <clears throat> yeah, we won't talk about that. In the... <clears throat> at the... <clears throat> Let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, Rachel, do you have anything to plug this week? No. Be no. good to retail workers, please. Yes. It's Thanksgiving. Um, be Tomorrow. Be good to retail workers. Drive um, safe. On Black Friday, drive safe. Yeah. Do not uh, stampede into a store. Do not be a dick. Um, if you want to stampede out of a store with all of the stuff that you haven't paid for yet, I'm not going to judge you. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> insert disclaimer about no liability. I'm joking for legal reasons. Um... <laughs> Mary, do you want to plug your Instagram or anything? Uh, Mary L. Thompson. I would like to become a local influencer. Yes. <laughs> so feel free to follow me. Um, I like to post selfies and original poems and pictures of my cats. Also street <laughs> art and all things local in Louisville. Um, I would like to ask you kindly not to kill your parents um, <laughs> or other relatives tomorrow, oh. Thanksgiving. <laughs> In general, don't kill them. But in specifically time, the specifics of this time, don't. Over the holidays. Oh, I'm sure we're still in the holidays. I hope you haven't killed your relatives. Please don't kill your relatives, but please do make bigots cry this holiday. Please make them woke. Uncomfortable. (laughs) Awaken them. Awaken them. Make your bigoted bigoted relatives woke this season. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag woke. And stay sexy. Don't get murdered. What? You really have to listen to MFM. You really have to listen to MFM. Um, Oof. As always, you can find our site. It's absentheactivismarts.blogspot.com. Or wordpress.com. Sorry. Uh, wordpress.com. 
Um, you can find me at AWM Rights at Twitter and um, oh, yeah. Instagram and all that stuff. And we're working um, on a Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry, it's yeah. uh, Buy my book, as always. You can find my writings on the site. You can find pictures and blog posts on the site. Shameless. Shameless self promotion. Um, <laughs> as he should be. <laughs> anything else you want to get? You want to? Nope. Oh. I'll start a Twitter soon. I swear. Sweet. Uh, also, if you're in Louisville, vote for Ryan Fenwick for mayor because I am a volunteer on his campaign. Um, that's all I've got. Oh, can I share a local politics story that's really fun? Go for it, yeah. It's not really politics. It's just John Yarmouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this girl we work with, Chelsea, mm-hmm. not giving her last name for privacy reasons. For legal reasons. Yeah. She lost her ID. Uh-huh. She nannies as well as working where we work. Yeah. And um, she, turns out, lost her ID in a Kroger parking lot. And guess who found it? John Yarmouth. John Yarmouth. So, okay. As <laughs> did he find her? As a, I'm not entirely sure. I think he called the learning house and was like, Chelsea, blah, 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 whatever. Moral of the story is he contacted her. was like, I have your student ID or I have your, your, your work ID or whatever, plus your like badge and pass and everything mm. to get in the building. So she's telling us this over lunch. And this, I mean, me and another person who listens to my favorite murder. And my immediate <laughs> gut response was, oh, my God, you can't go by yourself because you're going to get murdered. <laughs> and then I found out he was a congressman and I was even more worried. And then she's like, no, but he looks like a nice old guy and she sent a picture and I was like oh that's John Yarmouth that's fine you'll be fine oh he's such a stand up guy Um, and she got her ID yeah she met him at his office actually downtown couple things John Yarmouth is a good guy um don't trust congressmen. <laughs> don't trust congressmen if anything I'm sure when this podcast comes out in a few weeks we will still be discussing the war (laughs) against men (laughs) And that's how we'll end this. <laughs> yeah. Awkward, angry silence. See you in a few weeks. <laughs> okay, bye. See you guys next time. Bye.